0: Welcome to Important, Not Important. My name is Quinn Emmett. And I'm Brian Colbert-Kennedy. This is episode 34, I think, right? 34. Wow. Uh, I know. Today's question, Brian, uh, can Latinos save the planet?
1: (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) Be
0: super fucking helpful. Uh, Our guest is uh, Mark Magana. He is the founding president and CEO of Green Latinos. They are a national coalition of Latino uh, environmental, national resources, and conservation leaders. Uh, and fun fact: Mark was actually the first Latino to serve as senior staff at both the White House and in congressional leadership. Pretty badass. Yeah. What do you have going for your for yourself? What would you say you were the first blank to do of something?
1: Uh, I I was the first person in my uh, fourth grade class mm, to this could go anywhere to be able to um, on the first try fill in all the states on a on a a map of uh, the US. How mm.
0: did you learn those? I don't think I can do that still.
1: Can you still do it? Uh I tried semi recently, maybe like f- uh maybe like 5 years ago and I forgot New Hampshire.
0: See, I would fuck up something in the middle. Okay. Which okay, is yeah. pretty much what people in the middle think that people on the coast would Yeah, be. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just gave it to me right now, yeah, there would be some some missing ones. So you but. can
0: you can really just put. You can
1: do every every state. I used to be. Able can you to. do capitals too? No, we did have we did have a great placemat when I was, <laughs> that was a very kid. Emphatic. <laughs> it was all the states uh-huh. with their capitals. That was a cool thing to like look at while you. Oh, I should I, get one
0: of those. Yeah, it's really I'm great. writing that down right now. Place. We had a couple of good ones. We had that one, and we had uh, and
1: the uh, you know the solar system. Although like it's different now, probably.
0: I have that. Uh, I put down the ceiling of our playroom. You got these stickers on oh, yeah. Etsy. Etsy? I love Etsy. Love Etsy. And uh, I, I arranged them in order on the ceiling of the playroom. That's so cool. Uh, Yep. With approximate distances. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all relative. The fact is they're not that close together. It's not all equal.
1: Apparently there's a new map of the US coming out that's more accurate. Hmm? Uh, sorry, not map of the US, map of the world. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's more more accurate as, uh as it relates to the size of all the continents and stuff so we've been fucking that up for a little while i, think so, I mean I, yeah
0: i know it was like bad in the 1800s when they were you know they were like we don't know what this is let's put a dragon there
1: <laughs> i don't know yeah uh so that's my that's answer
0: did you have a do you have a first a first what thing a that diff- you fucking did
1: before anybody else
0: you know it's just we had a back to school night last night uh-huh. met the kids teachers and um we're talking about how report cards work now and things like this. And oh man, it's crazy! Like that is it start. weird now? It's not as much weird as it took me back to, and I and I described this to my child, which surprised no one. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, to, at least when you get later, especially in the public school system, you know, there, there's just like these pre-selected remarks they can pick from for okay. like not just your grade, but like uh, how you're how you're doing, you know. Things like that, attendance or socialization mm-hmm. or behavior or whatever, and I feel like it was like, however many semesters it is from first grade to twelfth grade in a row, mm-hmm. I got my pre-selected one because I was always in the same school system. Was socializes at the inappropriate time. Nice verbatim.
1: Perfect, dude.
0: Yeah, yep. So I don't know if that was a first, but I feel like at some point someone constant. else probably got their shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and at least. Maybe you had a bump in the middle where they did all right with sure. that. Nope. Uh, and again, not all these teachers knew each other. All they—the only constant—is this guy.
1: Wow. Just socializes couldn't. at the inappropriate time.
0: Yep. Couldn't couldn't keep it together. I yeah. can relate.
1: Yeah. You? Yeah. Was that you? Oh yeah.
0: I could see you as sort of the class clown. Were you a sitting in the back guy?
1: Uh, did I liked to, to class? sit in the back so that I could fuck around as much as possible. Sure. Yeah.
0: What was your method of fucking around? Was it passing notes or
1: airplanes or? not airplanes or notes no it was mostly just you know like cracking jokes quietly but obviously not quietly enough because then i would you know you'd get caught sure it was a lot of like and what it it turned into not doing it quietly but just being like right up front about it like if my teacher said something that like if my teacher misspoke for example just Uh misspoke i would be like oh excuse me uh, did you mean to say that and like repeat it, like just to be an asshole? Oh, so you were just a dick. I turned into just a dick, but oh. but never. I gotta say it. Never like I was never an actual asshole. I was just a raging to, smartass to you. Oh no, no. Okay. Like I never made any. I never made any teachers like feel shitty or anything. Did you like ask that. them that though? I, I am. Are you sure? I am very aware that I had a great relationship with all of my teachers. I was just too much of a smart. Some
0: of your teachers might be listening, and they might be like, "Actually, no." Their, really?
1: Their, everything was really good. I was just a smart ass.
0: Hmm. 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 How did that get broken out of you? Just life?
1: Well, I got out of school and then where was I going to? Then it like doesn't work anymore. Then, yeah, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you have to say.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the real world, kid. It's like my, my kids. Uh, he's like, oh, can I have, uh, make today a half day? I'm like, oh, no, no. You're like a ward of the state. They don't Rare, do that anymore. Sorry. <laughs> And he's like, what if it's what if it's like uh, important? Like, uh, I got to go to grandma's. I'm like, that's not, that's not. You're no.
1: important and actual important are not.
0: Yeah, no, they're very different things. <laughs> they're very different things. Sorry, champ. Uh, so hot as hell here. Wildfire, uh, wildfires just torching California. Ugh. Did you hear that? Uh, the uh, here's the thing though, is that the conditions of climate change have made them worse and more violent and more right. Spreadable.
1: They're, st- they're oftentimes still started, started by, by humans. humans. Absolutely. One of
0: them was literally a tire dragging on the road. Oh, and they said the other one was a guy. Got- this is as far as I could get. Was started with a man with a hammer. And I was like, well, that could be a- what? That could be anything. And it started the Mendocino Complex Fire, which is the biggest it's fire the biggest f- of right. all time, still going. But wow, quote unquote. I gotta get a little further on that. If anyone has any more information, started with a gentleman with a hammer. Uh, spark, I, I'm not unclear. But the point is, everything is dry as fuck. The wind is blowing. Right. And the fire season never ends. So, um, yeah, it's good times. It's good times. Not good. Um, And yet, you still keep picking hot coffee.
1: Can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Are you not a cold brew gentleman? Not really. I like that weirdo chocolate shake mushroom thing you get me. That is delicious. You'd
0: better fucking like it.
1: I love it. Yeah. But I can't... You know, I don't know. It's... a. I want to like slowly drink. I think that's it. I want to slowly and yet, halfway drink through a podcast, you
0: realize you've made an enormous mistake.
1: Oh, every time. Yeah. So so hot. Not the coffee, but my body temperature. Yeah. Plus, I'm all. Right. I feel like I run hot. Sure. But sure. you don't want to like what? What do you? What do you like? Calmly and like s- slowly sip on. That's cold. Nothing. Cold shit. You fucking chug.
0: Oh yeah, I guess. And if I right. chug a bunch, no, I of I so, so for you, it's more about the ritual. I'm just saying yes, that much there, more about the there should be a um, there. There needs to be a breaking point. I mean, you drinking your coffee for the caffeine or for the ritual? Do you need the caffeine?
1: If I don't have coffee, are you like my brothers I'll, and my wife? I'll, They're non-functional humans. I'll start t- to have a. I'll start to get a little headache.
0: Okay. Oh, well, that's not bad. I feel like half the people listening to this are like, "You're fucking lucky that that's all you got." Oh, what happens to the other people? Just non-functional, can't get out of bed.
1: Well, no, that's not, that's not me. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: I just impressive. like the taste
1: it and the ritual more than anything. Okay. And that hot, hot heat.
0: <laughs> just making mistakes left and right. <laughs> welcome welcome back, folks. All right, let's go talk to Mark. Let's go talk to Mark Magana. Okay. Our guest today is Mark Magana. And together, we're going to ask, how will uh, Latinos save the planet? Mark, welcome.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for hosting me.
1: For sure, we are very happy to have you, Mark. Uh, Let's get it going uh, very easily here.
2: Just tell us who you are and uh, and what you do. Excellent. My name is Mark Magaña. I am the founding president and CEO of Green Latinos. We are a national network of Latino environmental and conservation advocates. We bring together Latinos from across the country, from the different sectors in the environmental movement, from the Latinos who work at big green groups, Latinos who work in local environmental justice, Latinos in the government sector, uh, Latinos in the renewable energy corporate sector, uh, to come together to work to work with each other on behalf of our communities and also on behalf of each other professionally. Uh, we consider ourselves kind of a, a mix between a professional organization and a policy mm-hmm. organization. We try to get more Latinos in the field keep them in the field, give them a sense of belonging, a sense of family, and then elevate them in the field while also addressing issues that are of key importance to uh, the Latino community when it comes to environment and conservation. Amazing. Cool.
1: I dig it. How long has Green Latinos been around?
2: So we start 10 years ago as the National Latino Coalition on Climate Change. Uh, We changed our focus uh, about five years ago and became Green Latinos. And So So
0: besides shortening the name by about 12 words, (laughs) how did you change the focus?
2: When we first started 10 years ago, we were focused on specifically a cap and trade bill in Congress and how we could get more support for that cap and trade bill. The last major effort to pass a climate change bill. And what we saw was that latinos in the environmental movement were um, siloed and they weren't working together and so we thought mm-hmm. found that the the real need was to bring power that we all had individually and different resources and different access to bring it together uh, as a shared resource and how we can work together and also how we could cross Uh, break down barriers between historical barriers between the sectors of the environmental movement that have prevented uh, sectors like the big green groups and the EJ groups from working together and how we could do that through the power of our relationships to get to break down those barriers. I dig it. Incredible. Yeah. Did you start it by yourself? You got a partner in this? I did. I started with two other people. Uh, who, uh, who were my original board members uh, and uh, who still are in the environmental movement to other Latinos. And so we took it from there. It's been great. That's yeah, awesome. I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, all right, so let's get our, our conversation set up for the day. Uh, the, our focus here is to um, end this thing with steps that, uh, that we and our listeners can take to uh, actually make change. Um, and so that's what we're going to do today. Um, it is uh, now more than ever time for action, quite clearly. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's uh, let's let's get into that. We want to know why, why, uh, why what is happening is happening, how we can fix it. Uh, and and we want, you know, actionable, actionable steps out of this thing. So uh, so we can make some make some changes.
0: No fussing around,
2: Mark. <laughs> yeah, We don't want to fuck around. I got another oh, I call heard. coming in.
0: <laughs> all right see you later <laughs> um all righty so listen mark uh we start with one super duper important question something to really set the tone of our conversation today so uh instead of saying tell us your life story we like to ask mark why are you vital to the survival of the species
2: <laughs> i thought this was going to be boxes or briefs um we all oh, we can get into that no, we don't worry about we'll, about we got that we'll
0: get into that for sure <laughs> Yep.
2: I think that we uh as green Latinos and other activists are vital to the speed the species the survival of the species because now is a time when we need activists to be activists we mm-hmm. have like we're that. at a moment when uh, we have to uh I, we're, a lot of people in D.C. are used to being indoor cats. Uh, we worked with having these comfortable meetings and going sure. to uh, writing letters and and sending op-eds and doing uh, comments to a regulation. All these things are not effective right now. And so we need to at this point learn and, and get our claws back and become outdoor cats so that we as a group of activists can make serious change on the front lines. In order to to save the future of society, we Mm -hmm. need serious sacrifice, sacrifice of our time, sacrifice of our comfort, our luxuries, our our security, uh, our safety, uh, in order to make the changes to huge pieces of who we are, capitalism, Uh, The way we spend, the way we consume, uh, in order to have a chance of surviving, we need to have large-scale social and economic change in this country. And if we don't have that large-scale change, which doesn't come from letters, and it doesn't come from comments to the Federal Register.
0: So you're saying it doesn't come from tweets, or it does come from tweets? Should we be tweeting?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it was MLK who said. Um, I just feel like... I feel like tweets is an aspect of organizing that I may not appreciate myself, but it is effective. And you see that with the dreamers. You see that with the, any town, the gun, you see that with the me too movement, these movements. It
0: absolutely is. But we got to follow it up with, with feats in the street, you know, or whatever the rest of, I I would like you to continue with the outdoor cat, uh, metaphor if you could for (laughs) the rest of the conversation. Big fan of this. Yeah, Yeah. With the claws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, I, 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 I love an it. Answer. So listen, we're going to set up a little context for today's question. Put together some notes here to get everyone, our listeners, at home. Uh, They're probably not home. They're uh, fucking millennials are on the subway or whatever <laughs> they do or on their... What are those scooters that you ride, Brian? The birds. The bird scooters. Anyways, Brian's going to ask some questions. Uh, Mark is going to tell us how we're wrong or just hang up. I don't know. We'll find out. So let's talk about... Uh, Again, we like to dial it back to the lowest common denominator here for folks. So we got about 330 million people in the U.S., right? As of 2015, uh, 14% of our population is foreign-born. It uh, so 2016, and again, Mark, just keep correcting me as I'm wrong here. The internet is not a reliable source of information, but about 58 million Latinos in the U.S. in 2016, counting for over half of our national population growth since 2000. Uh, how does that break down? Because Latinos are not one group. 36 million Mexicans, uh, 5 million Puerto Ricans, and that was, I believe, from 2016, so before the hurricanes hit, mm-hmm. 2 million Salvadorans, 2 million Cubans, uh, a million Dominicans, down the list, Guatemala, Colombia, Honduras, Spanish, Ecuadorians, Peruvians, etc. cetera. People. Yep. Uh, and uh, the growth in Hispanic populations is predicted to triple uh, in the next 40 years, which is crazy. Wow. So if you want to know what all of these lovely baby boomer white people are scared of, uh, the breakdown is expected to be, uh, by 2055, I think, 48% white, 24% Hispanic, 14% Asian, and 13% black. Uh, so we're going to look uh, really different. And that and is- Less than 50% awesome. white. Yeah. Pretty it's, it's about time. But let's talk about Latino voters. So uh, it looks like a median age of a Latino in America is 28. Whites, median age is 43, which is old. Wow. Asians, 36. Blacks, is 34. 40% of Latinos have college experience. Uh, the dropout rate is at a new low. Uh, California hosts the most uh, immigrants, but Texas has the fastest growth rate. Georgia's has doubled since 2000, fastest in the nation. Wow. Wouldn't have guessed that. No. This is a crazy side stat, but it's just, again, painting such a different picture of America. Almost 20% of U.S. cohabitors have a partner of a different race or ethnicity. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, th- that's something I feel like you go back and watch Mad Men. Like, that's, that's, uh, Oh my god! I don't think anybody saw that coming, but it's yeah. beautiful. It's That's it's so it's incredible. amazing. So let's get specific though for our topic. Sixty-six thousand Latinos turn eighteen every single month in America, which is important because what can you do at eighteen, Brian?
1: You can vote. That's a big. I bet you want me to say yeah, you can vote. Yep, I do there want you to say stuff. that. Yes, there is other stuff. We'll <laughs> Sixty-six thousand vote. new voters yep. every month. So
0: lots and lots of new voters. Um, as always, important disclaimer: your heritage does not make for a, a, a homogenous voting block. It's right. not true for. Uh, Latinos or Hispanics or Asians or blacks or even white folks. For, for example, uh, I and I think Brian uh, believe major policy decisions regarding the future of our planet should uh, depend on empirical science. And someone like, well, I don't know, Paul Ryan, uh, who's also white uh, and lifts weight, uh, is a spineless <laughs> piece of shit who would sell to a sorcerer at the drop of a hat. But anyways, uh, Latinos will swing key races in 2018. Uh, That's no doubt. You know, we look at Arizona, Clinton lost there by 91,000 votes, 600,000 eligible Latinos didn't even cast a ballot. And now we've got David Garcia running for governor. Uh, He's a vet and a teacher and a father with kids in public schools. He's a fourth generation American, but just because he didn't come over yesterday doesn't mean he hasn't forgotten his roots. So hopefully that and better outreach efforts uh can get those folks out. Texas, Trump won Texas by eight hundred thousand votes. Three million Latinos didn't vote. Just
2: uh, in Texas?
0: Yep. So fuck Ted Cruz. Oh, yeah. um, Holy. But we have to get these folks uh, out to vote. Whatever the that the catalyst is. I mean, hopefully, uh, conservation of clean energy is on that list. Because yeah. um The other thing is, is not just coming out to vote. There's some evil working against them. A lot of folks are trying to take their vote away. The GOP, the Republican Party, whatever it means in 2018, is, a, is devolved into a feverish band of racist and science skeptics and a lot of liars, and they have a lot to be scared of. Uh, Trump has very good odds of winning again, uh, which is terrifying, though mm-hmm. the past couple of days has been fascinating. But his approval ratings are high, which is insane. Anyways, they're doing all those things because of folks we just talked about. Right. Country's changing. Uh, I, I firmly believe it's changing for the better. Diverse perspectives, viewpoints, uh, candidates, leaders, uh, every everybody wins. But uh, something I was reading today says seventy percent of Latinos said that no conservation organization has ever reached out to them. This fact that forty percent of Latinos live with live within thirty miles of a power plant, which yeah. is crazy to me. Um, so, what I want to get into today is I want to hear all about Latino interest in clean energy and science and. Climate and conservation, and uh, on the positive side, becoming robots and and (laughs) us not living on Venus uh, 2.0. And so I'm sure Mark has plenty to add, and will tell me all the ways those things were just wrong and why they don't matter. And that is awesome. So (laughs) Mark, uh, let's get to it, man. How exactly will Latinos save the planet? So, so we talked a little bit about what prompted the organization of of uh, Green Latinos. Was there a particular moment? You know, what came first? Was it that there was enough support? Uh, or is it the Latino background of, of, of minding uh, the planet? Was there some sort of crucible moment? Tell, what, got you, what got you guys on this path and has continued the momentum?
2: So when I first started, I started as a uh, consultant. I got hired to do the work. And the more I got to know about it, the more I read about it, the more I reached the holy shit moment of that uh, the degradation of our planet Uh, the effects on animals, species, our homes, our health, A to Z, migration, ecogenocide. These things are Mm -hmm. massive and they're tumbling towards us faster and faster at blinding speed. And it really shook me to my core. But what really turned me was that uh, five and a half years ago, I had my first child. And the same month, uh, my mom passed from leukemia, most closely associated from industrial pollutants. Oh, and, um, and, and and for me, seeing what my baby daughter, what was going to be the biggest thing that's going to affect and, and completely uh, have a, have a negative effect on her life is the massive effects of climate change. And in honoring my mother, and, you know, what she went through with her leukemia and and, and the continuation of, of pesticide poisoning and, and, and industrial poisoning in our communities, all of that said to me, I, I this isn't a consulting gig anymore. This sure. isn't yeah, a job. Bigger. This is what I'm going to do full time. And this is what I'm going to dedicate my life to. And that was my aha moment. And it was something that had been. Uh, inside of me because, you know, Latinos are, are what I like to call cultural conservationists.
0: Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about that again, in the sense of dialing it back, you know, just assume you're talking a bunch of white people here. We uh, we are pretty diverse. We're in like 85 countries and and I'm sure we have plenty of Latino listeners, but, you know, I want everybody to be on the same page here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the concept I have is that when you're growing up as Latino, and many cultures will say, ah, yeah, that fits me as well. Uh, you have a respect for the, the, the conservation, repurposing, reusing that comes from your tias and your abuela. Uh, and, and, you know, it comes from, you learn environmentalism essentially from the back of a chancla, which is a slipper. You learn to turn off the lights because you're gonna get smacked across the head if you don't. Right. You learn not to use air to conditioning <laughs> yeah, too many times. You learn not to waste food. You learn to you know, put a sweater on instead of put the heat on. You learn to wash out a Ziploc bag to that, that a butter container in the fridge never has butter in it. That you know, you eat every part of the animal. You repurpose and reuse Uh, what you have. And it's not because you are a signed on the dotted line environmentalist or a big environmental org or, you know, that you're a funder or that you are It's because of your culture, what you've been taught. It's an assumed position. And whether or not I can afford a whole nother bag of Ziploc bags, I'm still going to wash out my Ziploc bag and put it upside down to dry it. I'm sure. still going to reuse a piece of tin foil and flatten it out for the next time. And these things come from our culture. And and what we did a survey that asked people, Latino voters, are you someone who considers themselves a steward of the environment? 70, mm-hmm. 70 plus percent, yes. The very next hmm. question was, would you call yourself an environmentalist? Low teens. No shit. Wow. They don't. It's not a label that they have. It's an assumed right. position that has nothing to do with the policy. It's just, of course, I'm not going to shit where I eat. Of right. Right, course, right. I'm going to have respect for the land, and of course, I'm not going to be wasteful. That would be disrespectful. Right. Sure. For my family, uh, and 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 you know, I I'd, I'd get some memories of getting smacked around for doing it. And so, sure. You now these things lead our community to be environmentalists in action, but mm-hmm. not necessarily in name, and maybe sure. not necessarily in policy action. But kind sure. of, and, and yeah. so they need to. They need to. How does be, that translate? Yeah, they need to be eye open. That oh, I do all those things. I am an environmentalist. Yeah, I am that. Person. Sure, it turns out, and therefore. And and B, there are a lot of people who aren't, and that's unbelievable. And C, they're degrading my community that's under attack. And so, you know, therefore, I need to be an active cultural conservationist and not private cultural conservationist. Right, right.
0: It's funny, I I think, side note, you know, I I was a religious studies major and and I'm a total pagan atheist at this point, but how it's so interesting the, you know, the way like Western uh, religion loves to throw labels on everything versus so much of the rest of the world. It's just a part of your everyday life. Uh, It's not like I'm, I'm part of this institutionalized thing. And that means I go to church on Sunday for so much of the rest of the world. It's, it's just how you live your day to day life. And it seems like that is, that's, uh, that's very similar. There, it's just ingrained and that's part of your family and it's part of your culture and your community. But. Um,
2: yeah, I, do- I adopted the label from cultural Catholics
0: yeah, uh, and uh, that well, concept. That, yeah, I, I, and it makes sense. And and now I guess it takes a group like yours, hopefully, and others uh, to then, like you said, you know, it's like some superhero origin story where it's like, hey, you know, you, you got to start using these powers that you have and these things that you care about and, and translating them, which, you know, uh, is the same thing people have been saying to white people uh, for the past couple of years is. I'm glad you've enjoyed uh this time of privilege, but you need to start opening up your fucking pocketbooks and 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 helping out these other causes that you may not see day to day for whatever reason
1: yeah, walk the walk man, yeah, right, and if
2: you um, don't, it's gonna uh, take us all down
0: right right so all right, so with those values and your new life calling what were you, what was what were your and and the group's sort of initial goals and how how have those translated where have been your successes and, and failures up to today?
2: Our initial goals were, A, let's find out who's out there. Who are Latinos that are in the field? Because we were siloed. You'd find four here and one here and two there, but they didn't know each other. I would introduce a Latino from a big green organization to another Latino from the very same organization, and they found out they worked on the same floor. But they just kept their heads down and one did soil erosion and the other did ocean acidification and they they did their work and they went home.
0: And why did they keep their heads down? Was it because they hadn't been called upon or because there was a a cultural uh, obstacle?
2: Good catch. They kept their heads down because they didn't necessarily feel like they were part of the larger organization. They didn't feel like they were, you know, going to be invited to the happy hour after after work or that they were, you know, the, the, they were part of the, the, the water cooler talk. Uh, they didn't feel part of the community of that organization because they were such small minority and they didn't. And a lot of times they wouldn't feel welcomed. And part of our origin story was several people coming to me within months of each other and saying, I'm just. I don't feel like I'm being listened to. I don't feel like I'm being appreciated. I don't feel like there's any movement for me or my ideas are being considered. And so I'm going to go do Teach for America or I'm going to move out to California and I'm going to do something else. And so we'd lose advocates in our movement. And so that was one of the key points of our origin story was, how do we keep Latinos in the field where if they don't, feel the love or the familia in their organ- own organization, we can provide that as an mm-hmm. organization and be that part to encourage and support their work, uh, even if they don't feel it in their in their own organization.
0: So how do you do that specifically? Right.
2: And so it, it is a matter of having some of our more senior members and members that, well, number one, it's, it's knowing each other. And mm-hmm. at first, You know, at first, the organization started with a listserv, a Facebook page, you know, and the basic forms of communication. But what we discovered was that these things are great and effective for a certain amount of things. But Mm -hmm. if someone said to me, hey, uh, Quinn is applying for a job. Would you would you support his nomination? I'd be like, fuck Quinn. I've only met him once sure. on yeah. the phone. I get on that a, a lot, now. Yeah, in general, fuck <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a podcast. I don't know if he's any good at this job. Uh, but so what we did was we put together a summit where we all came together in person. And mm-hmm. we met each other. And we drank together. And we danced together. And we talked together. And we made plans together. And we built relationships. And so now... After I've had a good dinner with, with Quinn and I know him, someone asks me and I'll say, or, or Quinn emails me and say, can you get on this letter? I'm going to respond and I'm going to do it. We build personal relationships. And so that's the success has been from a very personal level of trust being built, not from listservs, not from tweets, not from emails, but from personal coming together in very intimate settings. Uh, and 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 building these trusts where we might not trust where they come from or their organization that they work for, but I know their heart is in the right place personally. So I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to build this together, and we're going to support each other in that way. And so it, it's been a, a huge success in that manner, and the excitement is palpable. And our, our summits grew from 50 the first year to 100 the second year. 150, 200 this year. And so, you know, we get more and more and more. And, and they continue to be increasingly environmental justice and local leaders like Juan Paras at Te- Texas in Houston or Robert Garcia at the City Project in Los Angeles or Elizabeth Yampierre in Uprose in New York, who mm-hmm. come together and are able to we're able to hope help. Uh, with resources and support and energy. Like you mentioned earlier, the equity in the resources in the environmental justice movement wasn't there and it still isn't. But we we are we're slowly making inroads on those types of things. And it, it's exciting.
1: What are we uh, uh, uh the general public? I mean, uh, what are we wrong wrong about or or need to be? Filled in on because there seems
0: to be seems to be two sides of the coin. Uh, there's the white people are really terrified of the incoming revolution, and the people that are excited about it. but I feel like we've both, uh, besides sort of raw statistics, uh, I, I'm sure, I'm hundred percent sure we're all making plenty of assumptions that are that are incorrect or misleading. Uh, so, so where can we pointed be pointed in the right direction? I guess uh, when it comes to whether it's culture or support or or things like that, where are our assumptions and opinions
2: yeah. wrong? I mean, in general, it's that uh, the Latino community, our issues are the mainstream issues. We Uh want we want to work good jobs that pay. We want to work hard and we want a better lives for our children and we will sacrifice anything for our children. And that shows on immigration. I mean, they they stop and separate families on the border accusing these parents of abusing their children when they're willing to sacrifice everything to see that their children have a better life. And that is unbelievable. And we're, we're all, we all feel that way. We will do anything for our children. And so uh, this is a community that is very traditional, that's very family-oriented, that's very patriotic, that uh, loves the opportunity that they have. That loves freedoms and 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 really does work themselves to the bone and is loyal, and 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 wants the best for their communities and will defend their communities, and wants the best for their children. And these things uh, make for uh, make for beautiful citizens. Make for beautiful community members. And uh, we're in this together. And so we need to see it that way instead of being uh, people that separate each other and try to divide each other. It's, it's evil.
0: It is fucking evil. Uh, So I have a question for you. So getting into the things that, that are most important to Latinos and, and, and coming from this sort of, again, more softer quilted background of, of conservation without calling it conservation, getting to like sort of the harder statistics. And we've talked a lot about sort of environmental justice recently here is, do Latinos know that 40% of them live within 30 miles of a power plant? Are they becoming aware of that and of the, the fact that the system was designed that way or that that's where the cheapest housing is and that's where they are? Uh, is that something that's becoming something they're raising arms about?
2: Yeah. They know why they can afford the rent in their neighborhood. They know why they live south of Martin Luther King Avenue and west of the freeway. They know that. That it's important for them to stand up and defend their communities. Latino it's it's very interesting to note, to put this in context, when the immigration rallies happened, um, the the the, the, the marches, the huge immigration marches that happened across the country, mm-hmm. they didn't happen because Latinos wanted beneficial immigration legislation or wanted Open borders, or they happened because Congress put forth a completely negative immigration bill that would make it a felony to be associated with an undocumented immigrant, even if it was a family member, that would make things like trying to get a better life for their family a felony, that they were fighting back on an egregious uh, piece of legislation. What motivates Latinos for the most part is number one, I want to work hard. I want to be left alone so that I can have a better life for my child, education, a hope for the future. But if if you mess with, if you fuck with the mothers by putting their children's health in risk, by purposefully putting a coal-fired power plant in their neighborhood and they find out that that's what's causing their child's asthma, then you're in trouble. That, That mother is not going to ask for a tax break or a mortgage interest deduction or anything, any sort of advantage, but they are not going to accept being fucked with purposefully. And that's when it's when they have their back to the wall, when they see that this is purposeful and they're being targeted and their community is being targeted, that they will stand up and they will close down that coal fired power plant and they will find a way to get that chemical plant closed. And so, and they're they're relentless because.
0: Are we actually seeing successes there? We like are specific successes? In, in
2: Chicago. Their organization uh, shut down two coal-fired power plants after huh? Latina mothers raised up because of the because children had too many children in their communities had asthma, and they would right. look up at what they called the cloud maker. Which were the smokestacks. Oh, I remember that growing up as a kid. I loved that. Uh, you know,
1: I, I thought I loved it. Looked so cool. Oh, sure. It's Little like the I know, it was fucking Norman my Rockwell insides.
0: pictures of the fucking kids running after the <laughs> mosquito van in the streets. You're like, right, this right. is fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing pesticide spraying. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it it is unfortunate because growing up in L.A. for me, the worst things weren't in California. You had wildfires, floods mudslides, earthquakes, you still do. Yeah, come come on back. (laughs) The worst days for a child in the 80s and 70s were the days when their air quality was too low and you weren't allowed to go outside and play. Imagine telling a child, you can't go outside and play because your air is too fucked up. And that that just became the new normal for us. There was nothing weird about it. And then the days when we could go out and play Three, two or three of the kids would have to carry their inhaler with them. And we'd have to take yeah. timeouts from playing so that these children could breathe again by taking emergency inhalers. That was normal for them to have these inhalers in their pocket. Right. At what point does that become like just the fucking accepted status quo? When do we stop being the frogs in the ever increasing heated water right. and jump out instead of just adapting? Like, uh, it, It it needs to stop, and now I'm a parent, and I have water purifiers on all the sinks and air Mm -hmm. purifiers in every room, Mm -hmm. and we we buy organic food. You know what organic food used to be called? Mm. It used to be called food. Yeah, right. (laughs) We are (laughs) getting charged to be able to live healthy by the same corporations that are polluting us. And so they get paid coming and going, and we allow it. And that that has to change. Absolutely. So, yowda.
0: Hey, guys, it's Quinn. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts, and you probably like music, too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you might be, and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. You can just search for Important Not Important on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Very convenient. And of course, you can follow us so you never miss an episode of Important Not Important. Uh, Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service, and now it can be your go-to for podcasts too.
1: What are the um, What are the science-based issues most important? to latinos obviously you guys mostly cover the environment but um i imagine uh, there's a wide spectrum you know from dna sequencing or, or disease to to CRISPR and and cancer developments
0: yeah it's funny thinking about that i you know there's was it time recently or newsweek had a whole thing about uh their their, their cover story was basically essentially like why doesn't anyone ever DNA sequence black people like no one gives a shit about that <laughs> genome and it shows like all Jesus. the issues with it and I imagine like this shit is just gonna keep coming up it's it, it's like an another way they're getting screwed but I'm curious about the people that have stood up you know what are the other sort of science based issues again so so people can really understand uh, this culture and where these where your your people are coming from uh you know what what else are they fighting for what else do they really give a shit about here of the everything else that's happening
2: yeah just This week, a federal court ruled, overruled the EPA when they chose not to ban chlorpyrifos, which is a a pesticide, a toxic nerve agent pesticide developed by the Nazis. Good, good. Related in the same family as sarin gas. And fucking EPA decided that the science wasn't closed on this. They're classic words that they use for everything. And that despite the fact that children that were exposed to this chlorpyrifos at any level, not just farm workers, but residue on our fruits and vegetables, we're having mental issues. We're having concentration Wait, issues.
0: Uh, uh, hold on, back it up again. Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, <laughs> you, you hear this kind of shit and you're like, what the fuck? Like where where is this being where is this being used currently uh, like in what products and and practices?
2: So they banned the use of chlorpyrifos as an insect repellent for uh-huh. for indoor use something like twenty okay. years ago, okay. because it was oh, so wow. abhorrent. Right. But they thought in their wisdom, eh, it's abhorrent for indoor use, but let's still spray it on farm workers. And so on the
0: on right. on the peop- on the people you know on the workers as an
2: insect repellent they're they're working in the fields and this spray although it may be sprayed on the next farm over the wind takes it over right, and right. sprays it on them and it's the a, way wind works it's a nerve agent and these people will start foaming and vomiting it's happened and it's happened recently it is horrific what yeah. has happened. And, hey Brian, and, who
0: do you think makes up most of the farm workers? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, so, so wait—is what what happened with the judge now? And so, so he said, "Fuck you, EPA." Federal judge overruled the EPA and said, "You're not following basic science. This is a threat to children, to farm workers, and you have to ban it. And you've got sixty days to do it." Was so, that re- was that recently? Is- that was a week ago. A week ago. And so uh, they haven't decided whether they're going to, you know, whether they're going to try to take it up to the Supremes or fight it. Uh, it, Which is just
0: fucking incredible to me. Cause like at some point, and and we always say what they're going to do with this somewhere there, there's a sequence of people who are going to either decide or be told to decide, like, you have to fight this thing. And like, how the fuck do you go home to your children? Or even just, I don't know, as a general human being and go, you know what? I think yourself in the mirror, I Still want this to happen, I think we should still nerve guess the people who are making me my yellow peaches like what the like where is the fucking schism i I just don't get it i i I, I do truly miss the days of like uh intelligent conservatives like I'm happy to disagree on plenty of stuff and have an intelligent conversation right. about things it's It's great, it's important for the process. It can't always be super left or super right as much as I've like gone full hippie at this point but uh, but it's insane like there's been a schism in morality now that i just i genuinely like don't fucking get yeah like, there should be no conversation
1: when people are foaming at the mouth it's
0: one thing right yep. <laughs> right <laughs> what's the uh what's <laughs> God, the threshold oh foaming at the mouth yes. got it is he foaming at the mouth we should probably not do that uh, yeah. you know peaches peaches are great but give it a give it a fucking rest yeah you know? we can
2: use something if, else
0: if, <laughs> there, has, wow. there has to be something else. Uh. I don't, I mean, it's just, it's insane to me. It's, it's besides the, the, of course, the ridiculousness, the fact that these people are at the EPA. It's not some, right, right, uh, some other group, but it's just like, who is this person? I just, you just want to sit them down and be like, tell me where this is coming from. Like, who hit you?
2: Yeah. And that's a, that's a case where science came to our rescue. They've studied this nerve agent for years and there was nothing that could, that the scientists, Really could uh, uh, otherwise say that could defend the use of chlorpyrifos, and so. But him,
0: yeah, even again, like it's like it, you don't even need, you don't study for twenty years. Foam into the mouth, check that one's out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yep, nope. Sorry, fuckhead. Not going to use that one anymore. Figure another one out. I mean, yeah.
2: but it's when it's when uh, it's when the lobbyist for Dow Chemical becomes more important than your child that we're sure. a little yeah, bit yeah. up.
0: Well, well, yeah, I mean, we could go on about the the fucking money stuff uh, forever. Yes. Uh, It's it is a nightmare. Um, All right. So listen, it is lazy and it is pretty fucking racist to think just because Hispanics are running for office or that they care about the environment that Latinos will turn out to vote uh, and vote in the direction that one of us would prefer them to. What else can we do to encourage positive turnout and participation, more importantly, I guess, leading up to actual turnout participation in the process along the
2: way. I mean, you know, Latinos are very community oriented. They're very. So when they hear from peers that it's cool to vote, that it's important to vote, that I'm going to vote, that I did vote, that I registered, you should register. That this is information that's coming from their trusted peers, that's coming from the uh, powerful comadres in the community, the priest, the soccer coach, uh, that the community leaders themselves are the ones sending the message out. Mm -hmm. Then, And also in this day and age, that the celebrities, the athletes that they follow. Are saying, do you guys
0: work with a lot of those uh, more the faces and names? Do, is there an outreach there to try to give those people a, a podium? Uh,
2: there is an outreach to do that. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't say we've been very successful in being able to do that, but it is something that is important, and and uh, I want to make sure that we do that more and more as we increase our social media usage. I am. Uh, I am of a certain age where I did not grow up. With social media and of a certain age where Twitter is not your natural instinct. <laughs> and so uh, I do believe that uh, it is vital to be able to reach people with the influencers that influence them. And that is community influencers, and that is, it could be celebrity influencers, social media influencers, but they need to hear that A, it's the cool thing to do, B, it's important. To do, and that every vote is important, and that see that it will have an effect on their community, and if they don't do it, they're fucked. Mm-hmm. And here's
1: why: Are there a good amount of uh, younger people, I guess in in your in the Green Latinos part of the organization? Yeah. How does how do your demographics skew?
2: You know the it 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 is. I am hard pressed to find a young Latino millennial or younger that doesn't say they're an environmentalist. So it's amazing. Mm. Right. Uh, oh, that's great. above that generation, you get a lot of blank stares and a lot of, uh, you know, yeah. but, you know, but, but it is, it is almost universal. Uh, and, 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 and I'm talking lifestyle wise, riding bikes, vegetarianism, veganism you know, up and down water conservation, carrying water bottles. And it's not just the Latino community, but I'm most more focused on that where these young kids are living what they're, you know, not completely, you still have consumerism and, 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 but they're really breaking down the boundaries of what we had, the assumptions we had growing up. Capitalism is right. Uh, you know, the uh, consumption is right. and, and, and testing these things and saying hey let's think about this let's think about society let's think about uh, how we live and 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 maybe do it a better way and that's beautiful i learned so much from them i love it uh, me too um <laughs> so uh are latinos going to turn
1: out to vote on november 6th how have things changed in the past 22 months
2: i expected uh in the in the first election for uh, latinos to come out heavily unfortunately the clinton campaign did not uh excite them and give them something to vote for voting against an unknown commodity that was fun to watch uh like a wwf wrestler uh was not enough of an incentive but now there is a track record, there is words, there is deeds, there is family members suffering that I have got to believe that Latinos will stand up when their back is to the wall and take the time to register, take the time to vote. And and like you said, 66,000 Latinos are turning 18 every month. And those kids are going to be in it. And they're going to tell their friends to be in it. And that Tuesday in November, it's going to be, you know, hey, did you vote? I voted. Hey, I got my sticker and here's a photo of it. And, right. and I want to live in that world. Yeah, that happens. And <laughs> I want to be there when it happens. Uh, and that excites me. And so uh, I feel like with Pete Wilson back and he, how he motivated Californians to vote mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and Judge and Sheriff Arpaio vote motivated Arizonans to vote. Trump is going to motivate Latinos to vote and others, not just Latinos. This is going to be a tidal wave. Say it with me, Brian and Quinn. It's going to be a tidal wave. Oh, yeah, I fucking
0: hope so. I, <laughs> you mean? know, it's there was all you know, in 2016, there were all the I remember there were pictures of, of Latinos in line and, and everybody, you know, was making their jokes online. Oh, thank God the Latinos are going to save us. Turns out. Uh, didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. Pictures of people in lines don't do it. And then you see these numbers of people that didn't turn out, and and those reasons do make a lot of sense. You know, uh, the Clinton campaign did a fucking terrible job of that, of reaching out to those people and giving them specific re- reasons and and appealing to their to their basic moralities and and family values and conservation values. Um, and, and you just hope. You hate to say it, but it's like you hope it's gotten bad enough and specific enough to these people in their communities right. that they are you know, again, it's a midterm. Like a lot of people don't turn out in midterms. Always. You hope this is the biggest one ever. It's still going to be lower. I mean, U S is voting turnout period is, is atrocious, but you hope, uh, you hate to be the party of no, but you hope there's something here for, for people to build on and that they, that they want to be part of to, to turn back this, this just wave of fucking evil. Um, so, all right. How, how can we help with that? What are Besides your group, which groups are having the biggest impacts over the next few months? Which which groups are doing the best work? Where can we most specifically help, whether it's helping to try to reach out to some of these influencers and things like that? Brian knows all those people. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) uh, Like, how do we, how how can we get, let's get specific here about mobilizing our people here.
2: Yeah. And so I'll talk to, I'll talk about other groups that aren't green Latinos. And then hopefully you give me an opportunity to talk about our stuff, but Uh, When it comes to getting out the vote for environmental and conservation advocates, the League of Conservation Voters is doing fantastic work. They're raising more money than they've ever raised for a midterm. Uh, It's record-breaking the amount of money that they're raising. And And where are they applying that? They are applying it for pro-environment, Pro conservation candidates in these battleground races, and they're applying it against the dirty dozen environmental miscreants in the House and the Senate to take them out. Uh, it is time when you can't have a form of denial and expect that to become cheap. Where what's the cost? There is no cost to denial. I'll, I'll just I'll make up for it with the oil and gas industry. There's got to be a cost to denial. And, and now, uh, groups like LCB, and, and then you have activist groups like 350 mm-hmm. and Greenpeace oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. Sierra Club that are putting the boots on the ground. We've got the People's Climate March coming up on September 8th in San Francisco and, and across the country. Uh, go to peoplesclimate.org and sign up to go to a march on September 8th. You've got actions that are being taken at, at Green Latinos. We're at GreenLatinos.org. and right now we're fighting uh, in defense of the Clean Power Plan, which just had a, re- a repeal announcement this week, and oh, we're yeah. fighting oh yes against the Clean Cars rollback, which had re- re- repeal a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, so so let's get into that. So how are you? How are you guys spending your time and your funding? Uh, so we can send people there both now and over the next three months. Like, what are what are your beachheads?
2: Yeah, and so for us, we're really pushing uh, in one in a community that we work with in Los Angeles that's over by the port. Uh, there's an organization called the Moving Forward Network, and they're organizing communities that live in high traffic areas with mm-hmm. trucks, so all of LA. and diesel, and freeways mm-hmm. and ports, and and goods movement areas. To fight for electric vehicles, and there's a group called Chispa that where they are fighting for the VW uh, money that you know when VW cheated on their emissions uh, standards. States got all this money in that in that uh, and and they're fighting to have that money go to providing electric buses for school children, school school buses. Children shouldn't be riding in buses. To school that are idling, uh, that are burning Buses up, are
1: always the grossest.
2: Yes, that are burning up disgusting. diesel. Yeah. And you're stuck in that bus. School buses should be electric, and they're fighting for that. And at the same time as they're doing this, the administration wants to roll back clean car standards when no one's asking for it. The industry isn't even asking for Yeah, even the industry is it. against
0: it. They, they asked for they 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 did ask for like his first month in office, and now they're like, oh no no no, we fucked that up. We this is not at all yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah, just give. Us I mean, uniformity. of course, they're still just fucking knocking out trucks left and right. Uh, all Americans buyer is SUVs, but anyways.
2: And so uh, we are. I mean, I, earlier I had chastised the old form of organizing, but I have to say that. That form, when you do, when you complement it with feats on the ground and the letters and the response to and comments to regulations and you put all these things together, we can turn around decisions of this administration. And we have, you know, the, these things, they had a, a dirty truck standard that they put out and, and they had to turn that around or an effort to sell public lands that they had to turn around. And so these things are happening, and so we're we're trying to organize the Latino community to push back on these announcements um, through social media. We have um, we have guides of social media guides. We have comment signs. We have uh, buttons where they can call, uh, and when the operator answers, they give, give them their zip code and maybe their address if needed, and they'll hook them up with. Their member of Congress with a script saying, you know, you have to fight for the clean power plan or against the clean cars rollback or against pesticides. The issue that they find addresses them and their community that motivates them, and then they speak to their friends, they speak to their family, they speak to their community, and they belong to local organizations. This education that's happening to them and it's happening in their own backyards—that is what is making the change. And, it, and it's happening. And and it's gradual, but it's happening.
0: Are some of these uh, newfangled tools uh, like townhallproject.org right. or fivecalls.org, are those getting into the Latino community?
2: It's not that they aren't. It's that some of the organizations that can afford to use those or have access to those aren't reaching successfully into the Latino mm-hmm. community. Interesting. And, and, it, and it may mm-hmm. be, some for some of it, it's just, lack of culturally relevant messaging they may sure. take uh and that goes beyond just taking english language messaging and translating it it yeah. goes into what would let's you know if you're going to research what motivates uh your members then and you want to reach latinos then research what motivates Latinos right. or talk right. or you know do uh do an analysis talk to some latinos and say does this messaging work on you and and if you don't address them in a culturally relevant way, it doesn't matter what tools you have. They're not going to hit that button. Right. But if you do. I feel
0: like I want to I want to hook you up with the 5 people. They they've done such a great job of you know, start off as this website tool, and now it's a it's an app on your phone and um and it's just exploded. It's great. It it it's couldn't e- They've made it easier. It couldn't be easier to use, but you know, basically it has a list of the timely shit that's going on. You pick the issue. You click on it. It shows you by your location who your representatives. You click Beautiful. the button. There's a script. And you click. Uh, they picked up. And I talked to them. Or it was busy. Or I left a message. And then it tabulates the whole thing. Uh, and you just read the thing. And it plugs in the names. I mean, it's it's so easy. But I would love to see. And and maybe they they do have a, a, a translated version of that. But I doubt it. Because it's a lot of work. And they're bootstrapped um i would love to see some sort of integration there of something that's specifically focused towards those communities uh that maybe takes out some of the extraneous stuff not that anything is extraneous these right. days but that's the problem is everyone feels like they're fighting on 500 fucking oh tracks. yes um but i would love to see something a little more specific and if someone can go can handle that translation to see the, that power cuz so, cuz you can make an impact in the time that we have left whatever 60 ever, whatever fucking days to to get into those communities and get those people fired up and calling absolutely um, and interested in what's going on. So that's, that's interesting. And maybe the, even some of those positive America people too, as well, they just launched a whole new thing called a uh, vote, save America. Oh yeah. Uh, which, which is all about, uh, it's making sure you're registered and then checking it four fucking times because people keep staking your vote away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, the next thing it does is point you towards specific things in your area where you can make a difference now. Cause the, the five calls. dot org is great, but that's talking to your, Existing representatives, something like Vote Save America is a little more focused on phone banking, things like that for, for the people who are running for office right. now. And that's obviously a thing that's going to make such a big difference coming soon. So, and anyways, make, maybe and, we should...
2: and make some of those five calls, uh, calls where you're talking to your peers. You know, yeah. it's not just yeah. talking to yeah. your elected, talk to your peers and make that election app one where on election day you have automatic five preset. Uh texts that go to your five friends that you already had set that said, hey, did you vote yet? And that goes out automatically
0: to 10 Frank, of just them. a little reminder. It literally just says one you know tweet. That's what they always say is take, take your best friend or take your most popular friend that's voting with you. I was just you. thinking too, yeah. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be there of us, Brian, but the, the point <laughs> remains.
1: Um Not everybody can be popular.
0: So, all right. So do you guys take uh do you guys take donations? Uh do you guys like money? Uh, yeah, do you like money? Like uh, where is where is the dollar going when when we when we give to Green Latinos?
2: Uh it it you go to greenlatinos.org and there's a giant give button. It should be the entire front page. If it's not, I'm going to make <laughs> right. it that way. <laughs> right. And you hit that and then you take your retirement account and you just put yep. in a couple numbers. Check and Bingo. We're, 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 we're going and, and cooking Done. with grease.
0: Awesome. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, we will, uh, all that's going to go in the show notes and, and yeah, this is the part where people actually are able to, to do things with it. We love right. philosophy and talking about, uh, the why of things, but you know, getting into the what if and the how is is always, uh, that's the point these days.
1: All right. Well, we are, uh, uh, close here to, uh, to time. Thank you very very much mark yeah, for talking yeah, with us I today. I can't appreciate it enough. Yeah. It's been fantastic.
2: It's been a great conversation. There's a lot of important things that we need to address and podcasts like other social media tools are are more important than I ever thought. And so yeah,
0: you, you, I know. It's shocking. It shocks us <laughs> pretty much every day. <laughs> um uh you,
2: mark who who
1: else uh, should we should we talk to? Um not necessarily
0: climate or right. latino could be anything, you know. Again, I think you get the gist. We we like to ask one big question a week or talk about one big topic from space to cancer to antibiotics to to devoting to, to uh, robots. You know the the existentialist existentialist stuff that is affecting people now or in the next twenty years. And uh, there we found a you know a great consortium of folks that are kicking ass on the ground that people don't really know about. So um, if you have any recommendations now or later, we would we would love. To. Uh, to take those
2: from you. All right. Well, let, let me think about it. And uh, I yeah, got your emails sure. and I'll send you some uh, some good ideas. Uh, you guys are covering some very interesting topics and you do it smartly and with a sense of humor, which is which is vital. If you want people to listen, you got to be funny. And and you got to oh, reach them emotionally. And so that's, uh, that's important. So thank you for doing that.
0: That's right. Brian used to be able to cry on demand, but all the surgery made that go away. <laughs> Can't move. I can't move my cheeks anymore.
2: But <laughs> you look good. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. We're keeping them young, Mark. Yep. Um, all right, Mark. Uh, we like to wrap up our episodes uh, with a lightning round of I- questions. Ish. Yep. Lightning round, uh, Mark.
0: When was the first time in your life when you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? We should have a lightning bolt sound. Right. Bang.
2: Now. <laughs> I think. When, I think. Growing up for me, uh, I was moved in musical theater. I was a theater, went to a theater high school, oh, cool. and I nice. had the ability to move an audience uh, by words or song and I thought, and by my voice. And I thought, this is, uh, this is something that I am going to use. And it wasn't through musical theater, it was through politics to be mm-hmm. able to move people with my voice and my words. And that uh, was an early form of power for me. So you're saying you're a singer, Mark? Do you still sing? (laughs) I was the only musical theater person in history that really was not recommended to sing.
0: (laughs) They they were were just like, no. Yeah, why don't you hum? Let's lower (laughs) my
2: three.
1: Right. I get the mic's not working today again. Sorry, That's Mark. Weird, sorry. So weird. We had a Yodeler on the podcast, didn't we? We did have a Yodeler. Yeah. So yeah. Just, if you want to, you can sing a few uh, uh what what do you call I I don't know how to talk about music? A few lines? A few This uh, is
0: going great for you, Brian. I'm gonna stop. Yep. Okay. Don't
1: sing. <laughs> yeah, we did
0: have a Yodeler. We got number up. two. Um, all right. Uh Mark, who specifically is someone in your life that has positively impacted your work in the past six months?
2: I, I'd say, for me, I, I'd have to go to Cesar Chavez. I mean, he's not alive. But mm-hmm. I'm, wow. I am in a mode of thinking about leadership. Uh, and I said this earlier, so pardon my repetition. But we are in a period of time where leaders were at a desk uh, have been at a desk, writing letters, going to meetings at OMB, uh, listening to funders. And, the indoor cats. You're talking about the indoor cats. The indoor, cats. indoor mm-hmm. cat period. Mm,
0: these fucking indoor and cats. And
2: leaders of movements are the ones that are out front taking the first baton, uh, going on the hunger strike the longest, going to jail Uh, They're the ones on the ground putting themselves at risk. And Cesar Chavez lived what he preached. He he was out there out front. He didn't ask anyone to do anything that he wouldn't do. And we lack, uh, and I'm not putting myself in anywhere near that category. When I say we lack that kind of leadership at this moment, I'm including myself. But reading about him and learning about him, and I was alive when he was alive makes me motivated to say we can have and be those leaders again, and that are the first across the bridge, that take the first baton, uh, that make the giant social change that is uncomfortable. Because if we don't choose to put ourselves in a bit of discomfort now, we will have no choice but to be in discomfort later. And so we need to be the ones to say, I, I am, I am going to be the leader that puts ourselves out there. And, and people like Cesar Chavez and others uh, like MLK that I mentioned earlier were the leaders that did that. And so that motivates me.
0: Do you ever think about running for office?
2: If we changed campaign finance reform, and I didn't have to be a glorified telemarketer raising $5,000 every day I'm in elective office. I would consider doing it. But in this current stage, I am not going to do that.
0: I think that's a pretty fair answer. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, it's pretty ugly out there. Jeez. Hey, Mark, uh, I appreciate all the positivity and enthusiasm and successes, but what do you do when you really get overwhelmed by all this bullshit? Specifically, what do you do? (laughs) (sighs) Everybody's talking about self-care. Everybody, some, some of our guests go walk in the woods, some of them take a nap, some of them play with their kids, some of them, you know, Netflix. Uh, w- w- how do you take care of yourself?
2: I take a nap in the woods with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. Um, I, I love watching soccer. Um, inner, nice. Who's inner, inner, your squad? Inner, uh, Barcelona is my number one squad. DC United Easy. is my local squad. And I, I love uh, traveling, spending time with my kids, going out, uh, riding bikes, going out in the woods, uh, listening to music, going to see live music. These things really make life worthwhile and, and, I, and uh, you need to escape uh, because there is a lot that brings you down. But there is more that we can do together uh, that makes us optimistic.
1: I like it. Is D.C. a good uh, music town?
2: It used to be a great punk scene uh, uh, in the in the late 80s. Uh, and then it kind of died for a long time. And uh, uh, they had a kind of a, a, a hip hop junkyard band scene here. Um, and then now it's coming back. There's about, you know, where there used to be like three music venues. Now there's like 30. And so it really is making an effort. But I I wouldn't say that DC had been a good cultural or art scene on its own, but it's coming back slowly where we create our own stuff. And that's a a really big one for
1: me, too, when I need to, like, get centered or just go escape music, especially live music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's (sighs) the best.
0: Brian, have you ever been to DC? This just occurred to me.
1: Uh, I, I have. Yeah. Um a few times, but just short trips.
0: We going to have to do a little trip.
1: Yeah. It is I, I saw the I Team saw trip. The, what do they call those flowers? The cherry blossoms. The cherry blossoms. Yes. Saw the yeah. cherry blossoms. I went to the the mall. Oh good. I bet it? It. it's been um I had some really good food. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll talk more uh, about that. We'll this. talk more about D C later. Uh Mark, how do you consume the news? What do you where do you where do you read your news?
2: Mostly I sign up For political, uh, and environmental rags that come in my email every morning. And so I, I do, what do you like? Uh, I get a mixture of Politico and Axios and ABC has the note and uh, others. And so I will digest those as quickly as I can. And then there's several that, uh, do strictly environmental, you know, that that have good environmental news, uh, ener- energy and environmental news. And uh, and I absorb those as well. But I like to be, I less and less do I watch TV. It's too depressing, the news on TV. Yeah, it's dark out there. It's dark. And I haven't, I'm not good enough on Twitter to be able to really uh, figure out how to be selective enough to not waste a million hours trying to get one nugget of news Uh, I wish I was because people who are good at it know first.
0: Yeah, it's getting harder. Yeah, Uh, it's getting harder. All right, Brian, ask your favorite question.
1: (laughs) Uh, This is a good one. Mark, if you could Amazon Prime one book to Donald Trump, what would that book be?
2: It would be probably Naomi Klein. No is not enough. She's incredible. Uh, It's how we can. Uh, go beyond just using our words. Like, like I've said, you can't just be anti something. You have to physically be uh, someone who is on the ground being against something and using their time and their effort. And so, you know, no is not enough in this scenario. We need to push back more physically and more aggressively. Love that. Love it. But I wish you read
0: <laughs> uh, it's a that's a different question. Yeah. We don't
1: ask that one. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody will read it to him. Yep. All right, Brian, take us home. Where can where can we all follow you online, Mark?
2: Keep uh let's see. Green Latinos is our handle.
0: Hopefully you're not the one handling that because you just described your Twitter.
2: <laughs> I'm absolutely not ours. Uh, <laughs> okay. Great news. We have a team of twenty millennials locked in a closet that are working on oh, that great. daily. Perfect. Perfect and perfect. uh Let's see. Facebook, we've got a couple Green Latinos public uh, sites, and I believe we may have I know we have an Instagram uh and maybe have a Snapchat and they're all just wow. top notch. Uh we're getting better. <laughs> we're getting better.
0: Your, your confidence is yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Um I've tried to get Brian to do us a Snapchat. I don't know. I will what not. that entails but me neither. Yeah, we need I'm a, not millennial enough. We need a young person. Do you know yeah. we're technically millennials? Great. I mean just like, we're on like on the, the edge. We're like the the t- edge. very tired. Yeah. Just tired. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Anyways, I think I think for me Snapchat is very difficult because I like I'm I'm like Nixon. If I'm going to tape it, I'm going to save it. and with snapchat they just erase these things and it just for me it's like i just spent my time writing this beautiful two sentence eloquent thing and and it's gone in five seconds right i don't get it (sighs) i don't get it very upsetting yeah
0: all right well listen uh mark we can't thank you enough man this has been awesome uh and for all that you're doing out there I wish you guys the best and we're going to mobilize these humans as much as we can to back you guys and, and help out as much as we can over the next few months. And then after that, I mean, if things don't go well, November 6th, there's no after that. But, you know, um, going forward, we thank you for all that you that you do out there and for making this your mission.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and uh, let's hit the streets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. And we sing will... your
1: heart out if you want to yeah, sing. Yeah, get back Mark. to
0: singing, Mark. <laughs> if it... No, don't let people tell you you can't sing. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you soon. All right.
2: Bye, guys. Thanks, Mark. Thank bye. you, Mark. Take it easy. Cheers.
0: Thanks to our incredible guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in.